recording, we are recording with Susan Walsh, the classification guru. I love your title. Like, oh, thank I, you. Um, but I want to, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast yet, but I start with some speed rounds, some word associations. So let's love get it. started with that. And then we'll give your whole spiel. Um, what do you think of when you hear the word fraud? Bad. Okay. How about ethics? Good. <laughs> and um, TV detective. And since you're in the UK, this might be a fun one. Oh, I love I love TV detectives. Inquisitive. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, are you a Mac or a PC person? PC. Ooh, ooh. Um, <gasps> oh, don't judge are- me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and in your experience, who makes better embezzlers, men or women? Oh, that is such a good question. I'm going to say men. Oh, okay. Okay. And finally, what is the best money you have spent personally or professionally? Um, I would say it's on my business coach. Okay. She's really developed my skills and made me into a better person. Oh, that is so awesome. Okay, so Susan, give your spiel, give your sort of elevator talk. What is the classification guru? Hello, yeah, so I am Susan Walsh, the classification guru, fixer of dirty data. What that means is I work mainly with procurement teams to classify their spend data, show them what they're spending their money on, actually spot things like fraud as well, help them make cost savings, negotiate better rates with their suppliers, uh, manage their supplier spend. Um, As well as that, I can help them clean up their supplier database. So tidy up those addresses, those phone numbers, those email addresses. And I can do the same with CRM systems too. So all those duplicates, we'll get rid of all those, make it all nice and consistent. Is Excel your best friend? No. I do not use... It's a tool called Omniscope. It's like Excel on steroids. Excel is is so open to errors and mistakes, cut and paste things. This tool takes that all away. I've developed my own methodology working with it. So we're, you know, nothing is ever 100% accurate, but we minimize those risks. That's interesting you say Omniscope because I just heard that this week on another podcast. So No I way! Think, Are you, yeah. Was it me? Because I talk about it quite a lot. Uh, it wasn't you, um, but I'm going to check it out after this. It's, so, it, honestly, it's like it's like the industry's best kept secret. Oh, it's industry. such a good tool. Oh, okay. Um, how did you get into this? Like, did you wake up one day and say, I am like a data nerd and I'm going to clean the world up? No, not at all. I came from a business background. I was in sales. I did account management. And then I realized that I hated it and decided to open up a clothes shop here in Surrey in the UK. And it bombed. And I racked up a ton of debt. I had to go bankrupt, but I couldn't afford to go bankrupt. I had to save up. So I needed a job quickly. And I found an ad online. Come and classify data for us and I was like well I've never done it before but I have worked in companies so I know what they're buying 
took to it like a duck to water. I was so good, so efficient, so accurate. Um, and I really loved it. And it was the first time I'd found a job that I really enjoyed. And so I spent five years at that company. I helped grow a team, manage them, manage the projects. And when it was time to move on, I thought, well... I don't even know what job I'm doing. Does it have a title? Can I get this job anywhere else? Um, or, you know, are they looking for data analysts? Well, I'm not an analyst. I don't have any experience doing that. I don't code. I don't build dashboards. So there wasn't really much option left um, but to to start another business. And, and, and I really believed that... Data quality is at the heart of everything and nobody could really see that or focus on that. So I thought I'm going to spread the word. <laughs> and here I am nearly five years later. Okay, so <clears throat> I know the guests who have been listening to Great Women in Fraud know I'm obsessed by um, Michael Lewis's Against the Odds podcast. He has an episode, and I will send it to you, Susan, oh. about L6. Gladys in the basement and she is the expert and now you're not Gladys but um, I feel like Gladys I think I might be well you might be so I'm going to send you the episode I'll put it in the show notes Um, I'm going to write that down as well but it was a company that had started um, well it's a long story but basically they had to find the person who knew everything about medical billing and it turns out they gave her kind of a you know, avatar. And it was Gladys. Her name was actually Sue. But um, <laughs> I kind of picture, picture you that way. The thing is, is like people, um, they don't understand how incredibly important that, that is. Doctors, hospitals. Um, so explain, like, do you have, what is your, when you go into a company, what is their biggest, like, ask or like is it possible and you're like well of course it is just clean up your data they they just want it fixed and they don't know how and (laughs) and most of them probably don't even realize quite how bad it is and they also don't want to admit they've got a problem they certainly don't want to admit that they've worked with me um it's most of them genuinely are not sure what they're looking for and so I have to find out okay what what's your what do you want your end result to be what do you want the goals to be we need to maintain this can you do this uh and that's that's what I try to start with because if you don't know what the end result is going to be then you you're going to go on forever you're not going to get anywhere and they kind of don't want the details do they Oh, and, and, you know, let's face it, nobody wants to be the Gladys. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not this, it's, it's a, a massively important job, uh, hugely important, especially in fraud. Like, if you don't know your data, how are you going to know when something is wrong? Like, if this supplier consistently bills $5,000 and then one month it's 20000 if nobody's looking at it, it's not going to get picked up. If you don't know that, it can just slip under the radar or, oh, let's just change that invoice from an O or zero to an O. And no one will know. We'll put it through twice. Nobody will pick up on it. You know, if you don't know your data, those things are just going to walk on by and you'll never know. And 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 for me, that's the exciting thing about the data is you, it can tell you so much, but you have to know where to look. 
So can you tell us without disclosing anything confidential, like your favorite fraud story? Uh, so, uh, I don't know if it's, it's fraud, but certainly things like male escorts under expenses, um, <laughs> massages, uh, manicures, pedicures, they are certainly not things that would be, uh, considered acceptable company expenses. Uh, I've seen things like Tom Cruise's hairdresser. I mean, I guess that might be more of a legitimate expense if he's doing something for you but you know private jets um but it, but generally it's it, you know what it's the small value stuff that's that that people get away with because it slips under the radar you know big big organizations only care about spend over a million you know something at 50 dollars you know regularly going through they're not going to bat an eyelid at that. If it's not classified, then it's not even seen. <laughs> so there's, you know, we have materiality. And um, so many things don't rise to the level of materiality dollar-wise. Yeah. But culture-wise, culture don't you think they do rise to the level? Yeah, I would say so. Actually, I, I just have to ask... Um, because you, you, that question you asked me earlier is still sticking in my brain about the who's better at fraud, men or women. Is there are there any stats on that? Oh, okay. Well, David Weber from Maryland, he's uh, a professor, and he actually looked at five years of U.S. sentencing, and um, women thirteen and a half per thirteen and a half percent more often than men, but men steal more. I was going to say, are men just better at not getting caught? Well, I think women are better at not getting caught. I think that women, oh, so women steal okay. even more. Yeah, I, I can believe that, actually. Because they're the Gladyses in the basement, and they know where to hide the data. They're the bodies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but it is interesting that my, my first instinct was that. But, yeah, I think you're, you're probably right. We are very good at going under the radar uh, and even just this is um, anecdotally I had a team of 14 people and 12 of them were women and it was not because I purposely recruited women I had, I recruited lots of men and had to let them go because the attention to detail wasn't there so I can imagine actually yeah probably I, I find that fascinating I think you're going to listen to the podcast and you're going to name your team Gladys <laughs> I think so. So another thing I want to talk about, because I love acronyms, COAT. Yeah. What is yes. COAT? Love it. So I say make sure your data has its coat on. So it needs to be consistent, first of all. So generally in organizations, there are multiple people entering data into the same system for the same things, but they all have different opinions. And quite often, especially in classification, there's more than one right answer. The important thing is to stick to one and keep it consistent. So whether that's units of measure, date formatting, how you name something, a naming convention, anything like that, you know, inputting values, you know, do you want decimal points or not? Keep it consistent. 
and then it also needs to be organized so if you want to look at what if we spent by country by region by department by business unit by person if you don't have that categorized you can't quickly go in and find that information and again that's where all the cheeky little things are hiding if it's not categorized properly and of course it's got to be accurate so you need to classify it or categorize it accurately the in, the numbers the amounts have to be correct um, and then once you have those three things of consistency or organization and accuracy you've then got trustworthy data uh, that means you can make better business decisions. You can stop things from happening before they happen. You can, you know, maybe save some money and get a bonus or a promotion at work, uh, you know, or spot those fraudulent things that are happening. And again, just save money that way. They're, they're, you know, like I say, data can tell you so much. You just have to know where to look. You need a Gladys. <laughs> How do you... Um... How do you think COVID is impacting data? Do, do you see anything since COVID happened, maybe the work from home, the remote training? I would say my business has grown. So I think that tells you a lot. I think people are looking at their data a lot more and realizing now that it's not right. Um, when I set this business up five years ago, most people were outsourcing things like dashboards, whereas that's all kind of come in-house now. But what, what they didn't realise, and because, and this is partly the fault of the companies that did the analytics and the dashboards, they didn't tell their clients how important the data cleaning was. So they didn't know it was being done. They just thought they got this magical dashboard. And so when they decided to take that in-house, they suddenly didn't realise all the preparation work behind it, the cleaning, the tidying, the figuring out how to merge these two files. Because in this column, in this file, it's called supplier. And in this one, it's vendor name. And and nobody told them about that. So they didn't, um, they underestimated the amount of work involved. And, and I think that's coming to bite them now. And now they're starting to do something about it. Not to be cheesy, but this reminds me of like, you know, what's the best way to cut down the cherry tree? Is it sharpen the axe first or to just saw at it? And you yeah. think spend a lot of time sharpening the axe. I do. Yeah. Um, what's like a perfect day for you? For say you get a new client, what's like the perfect day for a new client? Um, it's, you know, it's taking that worry away from them you know they've been stressed out about their data set they can't get the information they need they don't know where to start take let me take it and i'll have something back for in a couple of weeks for you at least an initial something you know let me take all that worry and stress away you know go and focus on your job uh and uh, we'll me and the team will get that done for you and and i think it's always really powerful when they see the end result nobody under Although I can try and show them what it'll look like, when they see their own data suddenly brought to life, it's so powerful. And and if you could just like jar that reaction up and that feeling and just, you know, say this is what you're going to get, then I'd be a millionaire by now. But but I love the that satisfaction you can see on their face, you know, the difference you've made to them because it, it is that that much of a difference. Well, it's very measurable, I would think. Um, well, I can say, like, this is your before and after, and obviously that is powerful. But a lot of the people who 
are the dis- budget decision makers. A spreadsheet's a spreadsheet to them. They can't see the difference. And so you have to find different ways to catch their attention, make make them want to spend their money with you to fix their data, which sounds ridiculous, I know. Um, but it really is an investment, not a cost. I think a lot of businesses see it as a cost. And it's, you know, for all the reasons we've just spoken about, it really isn't. You could save so much money just by, you know, paying a little bit up front to, to get it in order. Well, it's like when I do my work, it's like I'll go broke if I do fraud prevention. Fraud prevention is so much cheaper than (laughs) investigation on the backside. Yeah. And then why is it so expensive? It's like, well, you had the opportunity to learn how to stop it before it started. But it's the whole prevention is better than cure. But nobody's not an awful lot of people have twigged or cottoned on to that yet. Yeah. So now one of my questions is if you were going to write a book, but you've written a book. So talk about your book. Oh, she's showing this us is the, the book. book. This is Between the it's Spreadsheets. The best title. I know. Yeah, I, Between the Spreadsheets. Yeah. Sorry. I, um, yeah, I had, had a conversation with a lady earlier. She was like, you know, that's quite cheeky. And I was like, yeah, but I was adamant when I put that out there that we need to make this this whole area, we need to make Gladys sexy, let's face it. <laughs> it's because none of the other stuff, the AI, the machine learning, the dashboards, it doesn't happen without the clean data first. So we need these people to come into the industry and actually want to do this. So let's make it fun. Let's make it relatable. Let's make it interesting. Let's try and spread the word that it needs to be done. And and that's really why I wrote the book. And I thought, if I don't do it, someone else is going to come along and they'll never do it as good as me. So <laughs> I, because I've got this unique mix of business and data experience, so I can see it from both sides. And, and so far, I've had some great responses, uh, great feedback, and people are actually learning from it, which is the biggest win for me. You know, it's not just a book they can actually take something from it and make their lives a little bit better. And in well, it, and of course, is sorry. Oh, you also have online classes, is that right? Not yet. I have done some stuff for O'Reilly and I've done a couple of training bits here and there, but I will be building my own course soon. Um, I'm just finishing off a course that will be on Pluralsight very soon. Then I can start on my own courses, which I'm very excited about, but a lot of work involved. (laughs) Yeah, it's always such a great idea. And then when you like do it, it's like, oh, this is taking so much longer than I ever planned. Oh, I've been doing so much video editing recently. And this is a skill I really didn't want or need, but now I have it. Now, you were just in the States. Can you talk about what, and I'll put a link to the video because you have a video about it. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I had a great time. So I got to meet lots of LinkedIn friends and I was at a procurement event and I was talking about taxonomy troubles. Um, In, you know, it might be similar to kind of a chart of accounts or something like that. It's used to classify procurement data, but they can be completely disorganized. They can be wordy, ambiguous, not relevant. And so I ran a workshop to talk through how to build a good taxonomy. Uh, A lot of the comments. 
I did. And I, I got a standing ovation at the end. So I was like, very happy. And it was a whole hour on stage, which I haven't done before. So I, I was really pleased. Oh, I'm a little envious there. I don't know if I've gotten a standing ovation. I think it's your accent. <laughs> yes, I absolutely maximize the accent. Uh, I also gave away some freebies, so that always helps. Yeah, freebies always definitely help. Oh, my gosh. Um, what's one thing you wish you had known when you started your career? Which career? So, like, are we talking... <laughs> Like school days or when I started oh, my data career? Your data career. Okay. Uh, I wish... I mean, I guess I've, I learned a lot. Maybe I, should, maybe I wished I'd learned a little bit more got more involved okay. in the business that I worked with. But honestly, I've got this far and it's been amazing. I can't say there's anything that I, I is missing. That's awesome. That is awesome. A lot of people can't say that. So um, uh, <laughs> I feel like we've kind of covered this question, but what is one common myth about your profession that you want to debunk? And I kind of think the Gladys thing kind of covers it, but let's it's boring. Go with it. Yeah. It's not and, boring. Yeah. It's, yeah, not it's what you make all. of it. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, and it's not all men. And I'm making it sparkly and all female and all glittery. And it, there's a place for everybody in the data world, no matter what your personality. You know, we're not all introverted. We're not all sitting in a dark room, um, although I do spend a lot of time at my desk, I have to say. But, you know, it's, you can kind of feel like you're made to be shoehorned into that. And and certainly I know when I exhibit at events, sometimes, you know, I go all like, yeah, and, you know, you are there with all these serious businesses and, you know, you can be made to feel like you know, what are you doing but oh, it works for me you know it really works not and everyone wants serious i have to say in your video you're wearing this like very regular outfit black and white i believe and but you've got these bright pink earrings and the pink color crime lady you have channeled pink for me so yes, i love absolutely yeah <laughs> so you're at the top of your field, but how do you learn? Where do you go to learn? On the job. So I will take on projects that I've never done before and I'll figure them out. I don't read. I don't do courses. I really should. I mean, actually, if there's one thing I wish I'd learned to do was probably code and write code and things like that, like learn Python or SQL. But I learn by doing, figuring it out. And, and, you're and I love that. Some people are afraid to try things out in computers because they think they'll break it or they can't. Backup copies everywhere. 
copies of copies of copies. Yeah. <laughs> Backup copies everywhere. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, know, I was I was videoing this course and I was and I actually went off. I was saying, oh, you don't have to worry about this now because of autosave on Excel. But, you know, I'm always constantly hitting the save button just in case, because, you know, unless it's happened to you where you've lost your entire day's work. You know, you'll you'll never understand that feeling of absolute dread and fear and despair. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, if you could work in a different job field, what would that be? And I kind of think it, you alluded to your clothing store. If it wasn't so expensive, um, or if I was a millionaire and needed a hobby, then I would definitely have a clothes shop again, just because the interaction with people. Um, I got to. I got to buy clothes on a huge scale. I mean, it was fantastic. And then women used to come into the shop and I'd get them to try on these dresses that they'd never, ever think about trying on. And it would make them feel amazing. And then they'd walk out happy. And and again, it's that, you know, making people feel good. Um, it's it's addictive. Yeah. But it's just it's so expensive. It's just not sustainable. Yeah, I get that. I have a favorite clothing store and they just know me. They, yeah. if, when I come in, they just know me. They're like, oh, go here, you know, and that's a really yeah. good feeling because I don't I don't want to, like, go through the racks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you want sometimes like we don't all know how to dress ourselves well. So, you know, it's nice when someone's like, oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? You don't get that very often in stores anymore. Oh, no. Actually, though, being in New York, I just went into Bloomingdale's. I was there, too. Okay, okay. Did you see the handbags? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, they actually had people that were helpful. Like, actually, I mean, where I live, we don't have that. (laughs) So it was delightful to go there. Absolutely delightful. Yeah, actually, people acknowledged me. I was like, oh, hi, hi, hi. (laughs) And actually, something something I found out. So people kept saying, hi, are you? I was like, oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? And they were like, oh, oh, I'm fine, thanks. Apparently, that's not something that normally they get asked back. So so I I was constantly... Yeah, that too. (laughs) Oh, actually, I... Oh, I saw the perfect pair of Jimmy Choo's in Bloomingdale's. Oh, I I can't wear heels anymore, but they're beautiful. I had a guest recently, I believe it was Jane Lee. And um, when I asked her what she, her best money spent was on a pair of shoes. And I have a feeling they were like Jimmy Choo or Manolo's or something like that. Just because they give her confidence. I have Jimmy Choo trainers. And they sparkle like (laughs) nothing on earth. They're my speaking shoes. I I wear them on stage to sparkle. Have you heard of it's Francesca Gino's Red Converse story? No. Okay, I'm going to put it. I'll try and find it. I'll put it in the show notes. She actually is paid more, as I recall, when she shows up in Red Converse. Because it kind of shows a confidence of I can do what I want to do. And therefore pay me more for it. So I will yeah. look for the Francesca Gino um, story on her red converse. Um, Cause it's actually kind of fascinating. Yeah. It, and it also, you know, it, it highlights, they remember your Jimmy Choo's or the red converse or your pink earrings or yeah. you know, Spotty top. Yeah, where they're not, gonna, they're not going to remember that boring suit. They're just not. Yeah. yeah. 
So we've got to stand out. Gladys needs to yes. get sexy and stand out. Sparkly glasses, you know. Yeah, let's <laughs> glamour up. Get that lipstick on. Um, another thing I asked the guests recently is we're binging a lot of stuff during COVID slash post-COVID. And I got to ask you, Ted Lasso. I haven't watched it. Oh my gosh. I just, I know I'm very aware of how good it is. I think that's on Amazon and I don't have Amazon. It's on Apple. Oh, it's Apple. Okay. I don't have Apple either. It's the best $4 and 99 cents a month you will ever spend. Okay. I need, I really need to, to sort that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he, he he's a football coach that moves over to the UK. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, which, okay, what have you been, is there anything like crime-wise that you've been binging since um, COVID? I have been binge listening to a lot of crime podcasts. Okay. Uh, Any so I would highly recommend Crime Junkie. Okay. Criminal. And case file. Okay. And also, um, sorry, American Scandal and British Scandal as well. Do you listen to Swindled? Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Ooh. Um, Okay. Yeah, Swindled. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, so kind of closing this out, what's the last thing you Googled before this interview? I'll have to have a look. Let's see. <laughs> oh, um, a company called Ikviad. I was Googling. So I, 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 because I classify suppliers all the time, I Google lots of random stuff. Like, especially when we do lab equipment, you have to Google what something is. So my profile must be crazy because one day it's lab equipment the next day it's false eyelashes and then the next day after that it's nuts bolts and screws and they must be like what i'd love to know what they think i need or i am buying okay well this also and people are gonna think i watch tv all the time and i don't um but i have certain ones john oliver just did a thing (gasps) loved did you see it I haven't seen, hang on, I haven't seen this week's. Okay, so, well, it was last week's. Oh, I saw last week's. It's about, um, you know, buying data from data. Yes, wasn't it? That was such a good episode. Well, and I just think of you like lab equipment to false eyelashes to like, you are just going to throw everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what (laughs) I was actually thinking when I was watching it. Like, they've got nothing on me. They have no idea. Oh my gosh. What haven't I asked you that you want to get out to the audience? I think you have asked me everything. I, it's been a, yeah, I've really enjoyed this discussion. It's It's been really interesting. Um, I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, I just want to say, I'm going to have a bunch of links to all of Susan's stuff. You have great avatars and I'm looking, you guys can't see it, but I'm looking in the background and I see one of her avatars. It's just awesome. It's just 3D Susan. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- oh, 3D Susan. And yeah. You make Gladys fun and sexy. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to start calling you Gladys. And that is the highest compliment from me. I, I am. I feel flattered. I am. Ha- it's 
the Gladyses of this world are are just silently keeping everything going. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? One of my hashtags is hashtag never underestimate a woman. I'm going to change it to hashtag never underestimate Gladys. Yes, like, I love it. Um, and actually, I just bought a new iPad and you can um, have them uh, engraved. And I put never underestimate a woman. Hashtag I never underestimate it. a woman. I should have done never underestimate Gladys. Next one. Next time. Yeah, on my pink iPad. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me I can't have pink. <laughs> um, uh, so, Susan, I just want to thank you so much. I want to have you back because I just, your stuff is just, data is fun. It like, is. And I get that from a lot of people that data is fun. Yeah, and, I'll happily come back. Yeah. So thank you again so much, Susan. My pleasure. Susan, the fixer of dirty data, was a delight, and accents make it seem so sophisticated. Aren't you excited for data now and cleaning it up? Have you heard of Omniscope? Do you use it? I love how Susan calls it the industry's best kept secret. I'll be checking it out. Susan is a very fashionable version of Gladys with her shiny shoes and pink earrings. I will put some links in the show notes and I think you will like her avatar in her videos. For my reading and listening, I am suggesting 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. It was recommended by a good friend who I know has great resources. This week on Hidden Brain Podcast, it is about whistleblowers. No spoilers, but listen, you know I think hashtag whistleblowers are heroes. Have a great week, read a book, listen to a podcast, and if you like, I would greatly appreciate a review. Thank you. Thank you.